You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello everybody, welcome to this episode, and uh, I'm joined this week by uh, regular contributor Nick. Hello Nick. Hi Simon, uh, good to be back as always, and having a little chat about Apple stuff. Indeed, and we're also joined by Steve from Geek's Corner. Glad to have you back Steve, how are you? Afternoon, I'm good thanks. It's been a busy week technically wise. Yep, it has indeed. So. Um, First things first, today is Monterey Day, except um, as we record this, it's 57 minutes to go until it's released. So, um, not a lot to say about that, other than by the time you listen to this, Monterey will be available for download. Um, I've got some links to some nice reviews and uh, comments about Monterey in the show notes, but... um, I've been on Monterey now for about two weeks because as soon as Rogue Amoeba made available uh, compatible versions of their apps, I downloaded those and then installed Monterey. Um, and uh, it's been going well. It's been going well. No issues with it, really. Um, all good. So there you go. Um, I'm currently on what I believe is release candidate two, and they have shifted the number to 12.0.1 which means I suspect the first release to the public will be 12.0.1, interestingly. Um, there we are. Um, and that has added oh back several of the features which were delayed. Not all of them, but some of them. I haven't bothered to check which one you know it what is. Always, uh, what, what always amazes me about this, I mean, I'm just reading this the first part of this uh, article you've posted on which says the calm after the big sir and it says not only mac os 12 monterey but ios 15 ipad os 15 watch os 8 and tv os 15 um <laughs> what amazes me is the amount of the amount of requests that apple are just about to get and 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 how they they handle it i mean <laughs> there are billions of these devices throughout that and okay not everyone is going to get updated within five minutes of the launch date but there are going to be millions aren't there at, le- at least millions all requesting it at the same time indeed there are and just just i I'm gobsmacked gobsmacked about the you know the uh the infrastructure we have these days and how it you know i'm thinking back to the days when downloading a megabyte took two hours now that's right yes otherwise i'll have to start again again yeah <laughs> oh dear no um my advice for most people, of course, if you're not mad desperate to have it the minute it's uh, available, do yourself a favour, wait 24, 48 hours so that uh, the servers are not quite so slammed. Because if you yes. go for it straight away, you'll probably get a ludicrous download time of several hours because <laughs> load balancing is trying to give everybody what they want without, um, you know, overloading it. So, uh yeah, yeah. You know. I've got vis- visions of the load balancing machine going one for you, one <laughs> yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much how it works, I think. One bit for you, one yeah. bit for me. Oh, 
It is. It is. Yes, not quite that slowly. <laughs> and they still do a better job than Google, I tell you. Uh, well, that's good. That's good. Well, anyway, so uh, within you know within the hour, Monterey should become available. Um, yeah, if you're on Big Sur, um, I would probably wait a day or so. Um, not because you know bug reports will come out, and no doubt there will be bug reports and things will be found, but mostly because. Yeah. You know, do yourself a favour and don't be tearing your hair out as it sits there saying two hours to go. And then you come back in half an hour and, and it's uh, still and co- two hours to go. Cosmetically, that's right. And cosmetically, it hasn't changed that much, has it? No. Cosmetically, no. it's basically the same as Big Sur. So, if, you know, if you're used to Big Sur, don't expect great big visual changes. There's not really big changes that way. In fact, unless you start digging you won't find anything, you know, yes. super different. It's um, quite a nice, well, as as that set thing, uh, as that article has it, you know, the calm after the Big Sur storm. Um, there are lots of little things, a bit like yeah. iOS 15, lots and lots of changes, minor changes, um, and there are some big features either in it now or coming soon. But, um, yeah, nothing, nothing that's going to make you go, oh, my God, what's going on here? Um, has um, has anyone actually um, experienced spatial audio yet? Have either of you? Because I, I haven't. I have no idea what it sounds like. Um, not on my. No, I I haven't personally. Not. Yeah. Well, I not... mean, sometimes if you've got good set, if you've got good stereo separation, in all honesty, it can sound like sounds are coming from all over the place. Yes. Yeah. Um, in in so, fact, I yeah. um, I, I I found this out. I don't know, a few weeks ago, right? Quite often, um, I, I listen to podcasts lying on my bed. And traditionally, yeah. I've done it with my phone either on the nightstand or like sort of on the bed next to me. And um, for some reason, the other day, I, I decided I would put it behind my head on the pillow. So like directly above my head as I was lying on the bed. Right. Yeah. And, um, and obviously, like in uh, landscape mode. And I, I realised then uh-huh. actually there is actually an incredible amount of stereo separation if you do that if you place it in the that sort of position um, there's an amazing amount you of, suddenly notice it yeah yeah because if it's no, off I was, to the side I was watching you a, don't really think about it but I was watching a YouTube earlier that had some background noise behind it um, and uh, for a minute I wondered whether it was my fridge and then yeah. I paused it. Um, <laughs> And my fridge is well off to my my fridge is well off to my left hand side. In fact, a little behind me because uh, my kitchen door is just not far from my living room. Um, and um, it wasn't a fridge at all. It was it was on it was on the track, <laughs> but it sounded as if it was coming well over to my left. So, I, I, no, I was so, actually yeah. quite surprised by that. I guess probably because I don't listen to a lot of music or whatever on my phone. Yeah. And if I do have sound, quite often I'm holding the phone in portrait mode in front of me. So obviously you're destroying the stereo separation by doing yeah, that. So having it landscape behind my head, I, I realised that actually the phone is, can produce quite good stereo, um, which you know was a revelation to me, really. I'd never really thought about it. But uh, it's amazing how much stereo they can get out of that sort of five-inch gap. Out, well, out of two, yeah, out of two speakers that are actually quite close to one another. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, quite amazing, really. So that was actually a bit of a revelation to me. Um, well, before we go any further, I'm I'm just going to give a shout out, uh, a second shout out to uh, Console Wizard, who I mentioned a few weeks ago after they repaired my boy's PS5 for him. Um, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, um, it was 100 quid, which is a lot cheaper than Sony, who want 250 quid before they even look at it, um, if it's considered to be accidental damage, <laughs> which it was. Um, so I gave them a shout out for their excellent service, and um, it was, you know, all well and good. Um, and then, I don't know, about a week and a half ago, my boy started saying there's interference on the TV screen when he was, you know, there would be periods where there would, like, thin green lines or red lines or snow would kind of appear on the screen. And then um, he turned it on, you know, yeah, about a week and a half ago, and got no video signal. So we, you know, carefully tried changing the HDMI cables and this and that. And eventually, after about an hour of messing around, I managed to get the signal to come on with these sort of red and green lines on it. And then I just gently tapped the HDMI cable until he got a clear picture. So I said, okay, um, I'm going to ring up Console Wizard and and tell them what's going on. So I, I rang up and I spoke to a nice chap called Michael, who, you know, said, do you have a, a repair number from your, you know, um, previous repair, which I just looked up in my, you know, in my email. And I gave him the number and he went, oh, yeah, I see that. We've only just done that. No, that shouldn't be doing that. Right, uh, send it back to us and we'll take a look. So, you know, uh, a, a courier was dispatched to collect the console and take it away back to Bolton. Um, and then uh, you get an email saying your, you know, your item has been collected. Then a, another email saying it's rece- been received safely by us here at Console Wizard. Um, and then I got the next day, I got a phone call from Michael uh, saying, right, we've got your got your PS5 here and um, I've taken the covers off it and whatnot. And I can see what's wrong with it. Um, so we'll be replacing that HDMI port for you. Um, and, uh, and as soon as it's done, we'll dispatch it back. And I think the next day I got a, a notification it'd been dispatched and the next day it arrived. So um, good for them. And no charge. No charge. Uh, they were happy to, you know, stand by the quality of their work and, you know, the port had failed. And as he said, that uh, I can see what's wrong with it. So we'll fix that for you so oh that's extra very good, good extra good shout out to them uh once again so yeah if you have problems and they they do xboxes ps5s ps4s nintendo switches laptops all sorts of things so you know i can highly recommend their service i'll be honest um and here's a warning cool. to all and sundry from michael at uh, console wizard if you have a uh you know a playstation an xbox uh or another console, whatever, do not move it around with the HDMI plugged in. He says that they get a lot um, because the, the way the HDMI ports are mounted onto the motherboards of these consoles, it's very delicate and doesn't take very much to crack the soldered joint. That could be repeated moving around with the HDMI cable plugged in or, you know, any sort of yank on the cable. So there you go. That's a PSA from Michael uh, to Console Wizard. Unplug your HDMI ports before moving your stuff. There we go. But, um, yeah, very pleased. Very pleased. They were, you know, very helpful. Instantly got on the, you know, on the case, repaired it and sent it back forthwith. So another big gold star. Yeah, very good. Very good. Right. Uh, so what have we got in the notes, chaps? Um, well, obviously Monterey is coming. I've got a link here to a nice, um, kind of overview, which is the one we were mentioning, uh, Monterey review. That's from XDA developers, quite a long article giving, you know, a good breakdown of what's in Monterey. Um, I've mentioned that the release candidate two became available. I think that was Sunday, Sunday morning, something like that. Um, 
So that means 1201 is probably what we're all going to get. Um, Mac Rumors have an article here. Uh, features Intel Macs won't support. Um, if you have an Intel Macintosh, I'm afraid you will not get portrait mode in FaceTime. Um, you will not get the interactive map globe or the detailed city maps. Um, object capture for 3D modeling. Um, you will not get Siri text to speech and uh, or on device keyboard dictation. Um, there you go. Those, so those, do you think this is what? What do you think is the reason for that? Do you think it's to do with APIs that only work on M1 Max or something? I believe it relies, they most of those things rely on, I believe, either the um, the neural engine, um, uh, right, or the, or okay. the or the kind of integrated high-powered GPUs. Um, I'm quite surprised, right. though, about the keyboard dictation because that actually works on my old uh, MacBook Air, so the fact that they're not doing that now is quite interesting. Um, yeah. Again, it, it could be that it's using the, the new AI hardware, and that's why yeah, you can't possibly. use it. Um, one of the new features in the new keyboard dictation is... Uh, dictate text of any length without timeouts. Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, right. On yeah, Intel, there is a time limit of 60 seconds. So that's, it's not like it's not fully, you won't get all the features by the look. I haven't read this in depth, I'll be honest. No, no, yeah. No, yeah. Fair, fair enough, yeah. I think it does time out after a while on the, on my old Mac, so. Yeah. I suppose we're going to see more and more of this over time, aren't we? The, the, the more... The more new M1 Macs come out, whether they're M1 or M1, whatever they end up being, uh, yeah. Pro or Max or Super Max, and uh, even Max, <laughs> Max Plus, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, we're going to get more and more of this where well, where stuff will stop being supported on the. I mean, Intel. that's although I mean they're only fairly minor things, you know. Yeah, honesty, I mean they've, but... but I have I've had that in the past when um, obviously we had it when. Power Max were being supplanted by Intel Max. There were things by that Intel. weren't supported. Yeah. Um, yeah, when the sorry, when Power Max changed over to Intel, um, you know, there were things that would gradually there would be things that require an Intel Mac. Um, and even yes, then you get things where uh, less so more recently, but there's been times where it's like you can install I don't know what whatever version of the Mac OS is current, but if you have you know, some of the oldest supported Macs, you cannot get XYZ feature because they require better graphics or something. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, that's just the way it goes. That's tech. So, um, yeah. the evolution, evolution of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but if you're interested in getting more information on that, Mac Rumors have this article, um, which ends with a piece saying Apple is speeding up its transition from Intel. Um, also, uh, kind of related to the, uh, M1 Pro and the M1 Max, um, there was a piece on uh, Accidental Tech Podcast um, where they were talking about the differences between the two and that if you look at the chip, um, the M1 Pro is an M1 Max with the bottom half chopped off. So um, the bottom half yeah. con contains like two extra RAM um, banks and a load of GPUs, basically. So, mm -hmm. um, which makes sense when you. Yes. Yeah, I saw. I saw something. Yeah, I saw something. I was watching one of the reviews, and and they said that that's normal business practice, where what you do is you supply the same chip effectively. Yeah, um, and then chop the half ones of it that off. don't meet the 
the quality yeah what the ones that don't meet the quality for the lower half gets <laughs> gets disabled as it were yeah or uh, so you're not wasting silicon that literally way literally physically chopped off actually um, yeah yeah they're literally cutting off the bottom half apparently of you know oh right okay. of, the, of the mac but that's probably that's probably where it is they'll probably print the full size ones and then yeah say, they're all oh, made pro- on. they're probably all made yeah. as m1 maxes and the ones that don't meet the scratch don't to, quite come to spec to yeah. get in the lower because there is waste as there yeah. is with all manufacturing there's there is waste of some sort so they've yeah. got to it's called minimize binning. as much waste as possible it's binning yeah. binning where they um you know the, the ones that don't necessarily make or get enough cores going or whatever are sold as a lower speed or a lower spec machine and it's a traditional way hence the yeah hence the eight core and seven core yeah pairs. yeah exactly yeah. so similar um, sort of thing similar sort of thing um so yeah if you're interested in that um and uh, i think it was on the same show by the way this is totally but if you're interested in why progress bars on your computer often seem unreliable um they got into a quite long discussion about why producing accurate um progress bars is a massively difficult programming challenge you're interested in that sort of thing oh that's interesting it is interesting and why why progress bars are hard um and they you know marco and and whatnot talk about it at some length about why accurate progress bars are difficult to make yeah uh, so there we go um no big surprise here apple's latest macbook pros will be back ordered until at least december I don't think anybody's surprised by that. Shipping time slipped into <laughs> December in no. hours, to be honest. Um, I've heard several people on various podcasts, and you know, the sort of people who, you know, insist on getting one day one um, so that they can review them or experience them, have, have said, you know, oh, I got this spec, which isn't the spec I wanted, but it was available to ship immediately. So yeah. I've ordered that one, and then yeah. I'll probably replace it, you know, in three months with a, the one I actually want, which is nice if you've got that I, sort of I, I was, uh, <laughs> Well, that's right. Yeah, I was watching a YouTube guy who said, um, why I ordered five. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine, fine, if you can afford that. If well, you've got that sort of money <laughs> kicking around, good for you. Um, Indeed. But, um, of course, the embargo on um, talking about them has lifted so expect to see endless reviews of the um, new Macs as soon as people get their hands on them all over the place. Um, and yeah. also, no big surprise to me, Mac Rumors have one here. Uh, 8-core, 14-inch MacBook Pro is around 20% slower than a 10-core model. Uh, now, it might not be as simple as this, but to my mind, duh, it's... Got twenty. It's got twenty percent less processors <laughs> in it. Uh, that, yes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yes. Eight is twenty percent of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm sure. uh, t- yes. Yes. <laughs> Two is twenty percent of. Uh, yeah, of exactly. Yeah. So. Um, mm. I know, I know. Processor, you know. Um, apparently, GPU cores, you know, kind of scale linearly. The more you have, sort of, you know, if you've got double the cores, you'll get double the performance. But I know that's not strictly true. Yeah. CPUs, but that did not strike me as an amazing revelation. Um, and also, no. uh, this isn't in the notes, but I, I've got. I will put a link in. Uh, Patrice uh, posted a link to. Um, some early Geekbench scores 
uh, of the new M1 processors. Um, and no real surprise, only the fastest of Mac Pros are now outpacing the new M1. Um, yeah, which is what you'd expect. And amongst all of the uh, chips that they seem to have tested, um, only desktop um, silicon with you know way more cores than um, than an M1 uh, can now best it. So not a huge surprise, I'll be honest. Um, I will post a link to the graphs that Patrice put up. Uh, they're fairly you know initial results, but they show that uh, guess what the M1 is streets ahead of everybody else unless you buy an enormous heat generating power sucking multi-core monster uh piece of silicon yeah i mean the the fact is though i mean for the vast majority of us unless you're doing lots of multi-core stuff which probably the vast majority of us don't then it won't they won't be that different really (laughs) No, yeah, no. they might be a little bit more rapid, but um, it's the multi-core thing that that's the that's yeah, why that's... all the professionals want it because it if is. they're if they're rendering lots and lots of video and you know time is money and all that sort of stuff, the faster they can do it, then the, you know these things are absolutely wonderful. Yes, that's exactly it, and that's why uh, for once, you know, almost all of the podcasters I'm hearing. Apart from maybe people like uh, Marco or uh, you know Syracuse or whatever, um, are, are saying you know this is too much power. Um, not too much as yeah. in. I mean the fact but, the fact the is with the, person, with the M... we don't we don't need that much power. Yeah, and with the M1, I mean you can't really go faster than instantaneous. <laughs> you can go. You can't really go no. instantaneouser. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so if things happen almost immediately, or pretty much immediately, yeah, they're not going to get much faster than that. No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> I mean, they're happening now. Yeah. Yes, I mean we. Yeah, I think we're all agreed. I mean, these machines were aimed at pros, and I hope that you know pros are happy and the the sort of uh, as yeah. we said last week. I'm sure there will be an awful lot of an awful lot of people out there who call themselves pros will find that they're far more than they're ever going to need. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yes, definitely. There we are. Um, and of course, there were always people who buy them simply because, well, because they're there and because why not? Well, yeah. if you've got the money, you know, there are always people who want to have the newest, fastest, the new shiny. shiniest, whatever. And if you can afford that, great. But for a lot of other people, yeah. you know. In fact, uh, a co- you know, an ex-colleague of mine asked me the other day, you know, I need to replace my, my aging computer and my aging um iPad, and I think I might, you know, consider a, a laptop. And I know these new machines have come out, and um, some, you know, will there be some newer, newer ones any minute? And I said, well, actually, they were released last Monday. And um, oh, so what do you recommend? I said, go out and buy a MacBook Air M1. You know, you will have to yeah. absolutely, you would just be throwing away another five hundred quid if you buy a MacBook Pro. Don't get one of those. <laughs> no, you just you have no use for it. You just don't, um, you know. And he's coming. Well, that's from... right. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I think we were all bowled over by the M1 and um, the original M1, and uh, I'm not going to be more bowled over just because it's got more cores. And no. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. I'm already bowled over by them. So, uh, so as long as they keep doing what I need them to do, yeah, that's fine. Exactly. What about you, Steve? Do you, do you have you have you got an M1 or? 
Yeah, um, I've actually got an M1 Mac Mini, which is what I'm using today. And I've got to be fair, compared to my old Intel, it flies. It does everything I need. And I yeah. actually got it refurbished from Apple as well. So I saved myself uh, about 100, I think oh, it was cool. 120. Yeah. And it's it's fantastic. It does everything I needed to do and, and more, to be honest. Well, actually, talking yeah. about that. Mac when Mini I, for the win, definitely. Yeah, when I was... Um, talking to my colleague i said to him well you, you know get a refurbished one you know if you can so we looked up uh, we were looking at the refurb store and for about 1600 pounds you can get refurbished a machine that list price would set you back the best you know almost two grand so you know you, you can get a good discount there 300 mm, yeah I, I was quite lucky i was be fair. Um, I got an iPad Pro, uh, in, it was the 2018 model, but I bought it towards the end of 2019 refurbished, and I also get a bit of a discount off accessories through work. So I saved in about total of £300 oh, going that route, and it does everything I need again. It's just, the refurb store is fantastic. Yeah, it is. It is. The, the, the only problem with that is if you want the machine now, you know, sometimes you just either have to wait or say, uh, I haven't got what I want. But um, yeah, if you, yeah. If, you know, if you're prepared to wait a week or two till something you want shows up, that's the way to go. Definitely. Definitely. So uh, that's kind of the Apple news. But a um, couple of other things. Uh, obviously, Foundation is now um, several episodes in. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. You're still enjoying it, Simon. Yeah. I am. Oh, yeah. Good. I am. Um, I mean, it's not sticking super close to the books, but um, the, it's difficult to describe. I mean, it's a long, long time since I read them, so I can't remember the story in great detail anyway. Yeah. But the, the foundation stories are like a sort of a collection of novellas of, diff, you know, at different periods in mm-hmm. thousand year history. So that doesn't translate fantastically well to the sort of storytelling you want for a big drama series. So, you know, we've talked before, there's diversity changes, you know, there are more women, there are more people of colour and so on, which uh, I, sorry, I um, mistakenly said Isaac Asimov's son the other other day. It is, in fact, his daughter who endorsed these changes and said that uh, Isaac would be very happy with them. Um, Her name is Robin. And uh, I don't think it's spelt with a Y. But anyway, I'd, I'd heard somebody say <laughs> Robin. Uh, oh, well, that's fair enough. You could, you could mistake it. I you? made a, you know. You can have should both. Have, should have double-checked, <laughs> as they say. Don't always assume it's a man. Um, but anyway, uh, yes. but I'm really enjoying it. Um, it it's good. good. It's, you know, a highly produced, good quality. And I'm, I'm enjoying it enough that it's keeping me, you know, entertained. And um, have you seen it, Steve? Do you watch Apple TV Plus? Uh, no, I, I've unsubscribed for a couple of months. I think I'm going to go back now about December or January. I, I like to binge watch my shows, so I can't be doing this week to week. Weekend. Yeah, that's the that's the only problem, so, I have to admit. Yeah. I have to wait till Friday. Um, and now there are now two shows on a Friday uh, because last Friday they launched a new one called Invasion. Um, oh. which is... Yeah, I must admit, I, I, I'm getting tempted as well now. So um, there's enough now for me to think, oh, I think I might resubscribe for a little, for a month or two. Yeah. I mean, if you <laughs> and, like... To, like Steve, you, do some binge watching. If you like to binge watch, wait a few more weeks and the first series of um, 
Invasion will probably be finished. Not Invasion, sorry. Foundation will be finished. Foundation, yeah. Because that's 10 episodes, and I think we're up to episode 6 now. So, you know, if you wait a month, that would be finished. Um, I'm expecting Invasion to probably be another 10, you know, hourly episodes. Uh, They dumped three initially, though. So, so if you was to wait a month before you before you uh, subscribed, you could probably get all of Foundation and sort of you know seventy five to ninety percent most of, of yeah yeah invasion yeah um, and that's, they did that with the Coasters well, they? yes they did yes yeah. isn't when when is the second series of C out now yes it is yeah 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 all uh, right so that's something else I'd like to see because I I know it got slated by various people who hated it but i thought it was okay so i'll probably watch the second series of that and probably catch up on ted lasso as well so that's that'll keep me busy for a few hours exactly you know there's quite a lot of watching there um and also of course there's a new tom hanks movie coming a sci-fi movie called finch i think about a man his dog and a robot oh yeah in some sort yes of... that looks quite good yeah yeah yep. so i'm looking forward to that too so that's coming out in november i think so you know oh, okay if you yeah, if you're oh, waiting I can to see a Christmas subscribe. resubscribe coming on, yeah, definitely yeah. <laughs> Christmas binge watching. And, um, you know, I'm I'm still on a free subscription at the minute. My subscription runs out next month, and I think I can. I think my boy has got an offer for another six months, which came with his PlayStation from Sony. So I can probably right. stretch another six months out of it for for free. Um, <laughs> why to case, Why wouldn't I? Um. But yeah, I think the Apple TV stuff is um is definitely getting. I'm not saying it's getting better because it's always been good, but the the choice is expanding constantly. Yeah, which um, is what we expected, yeah. really. Oh that, yeah, of course. Uh, it over is. time, it would. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, they're really hoping. I think that something like Foundation and Invasion are going to be the new Game of Thrones, the things that are going to run for you know five to eight seasons yeah. of, sort of ten hours. Um, and keep you coming well, back. Well, I'd more. like to. I'd like to recommend. I'd like to recommend the dipping strategy. So, <laughs> literally dip in for a while, watch all the things you really like, and then dip out again. Um, yeah, because I do that with Netflix as well. I haven't got a Netflix subscription at the moment, but there are now several, one or two things I'd like to see on that as well. So at some point, I'll resubscribe for a month or two and and catch up. So yeah, why not? Why not spread indeed? the money around a little? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. T- talking of um, TV stuff, um, Amazon Prime, if you have the Amazon Prime TV, um, they've yeah. added a channel, which is IMDB TV. So, you know, the famous IM- IMDB, International Movie Database, uh, who have a yeah. TV channel. Um, and you can get that if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber through your Amazon Prime. And now it's, it's free with ad supported. I don't know if you can pay to have it without ad, but... That's worth a look if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you know. All right. Um, All right. Okay. Yeah. I'll look at that. Um, So if you see some stuff that says IMDb TV, um, sometimes it's like you can rent this movie for, you know, £4.50 or whatever. But they also have an IMDb free with ads channel. So if you don't want to pay, you can watch stuff free. There you go. Thought I'd mention that. Um, Yeah. You've got quite a few good shows actually looking on there now. 
Yeah, yeah. There's some good stuff, good stuff out there. I watched a film on there called Horizon, which is another alien invasion thing, which was a bit, a bit of a, you know, bit of a low-budget movie, but to be honest, um, I enjoyed. Um, I thought it was, you know, don't expect Hollywood, you know, top Hollywood production values and whatnot. Um, but it, it's good enough, good enough. And um, certainly the plot was more intriguing than a lot of Hollywood, you know, alien invasion things, rather less cliche than a lot of them. So there you go. Just uh, something I happened to watch the other night. Um, what else? Well, we were talking before the show, weren't we? Because, Nick, you um, said that you were listening to Alice, catching up on Alison Sheridan's Nazilla cast, and you discovered that yeah. Numbers yeah, now has pivot tables. And um, I, I thought it'd be interesting... Well, first of all... So yeah, go on. ...to talk about it, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I'd, I'd recommend listening... I think it was 857, uh, listening, listening to... Uh, Alison's show because she does a good job of explaining it. Pivot tables are hard to explain in many ways to people who have never seen one um, or, or or don't realise how how important they can be. Uh, but I used to work uh, for, as a uh, capacity analyst um, in my last job, and so I was using pivot tables a lot. And basically, if you if you've got lots and lots of data, um, Alison's example, I think she was using. Um, they got lots and lots of data from they've had uh, solar panels fitted and they've got quite a lot of data that they can get from their solar panels to show how much electricity they're using and you know whether they're whether they're in credit with electricity or in debit with electricity or whatever uh, and she was using that but any any anywhere where you've got lots and lots of data pivot tables are like a, a super powered summary tool um so basically, you you can take columns in your data and you can very very quickly summarise them. Um, one of the interesting things is sometimes you're only tr you may be trying to prove a point. Um, so way back, uh, I used to do reports on telephone calls, and what they wanted to know as a company was how many how much time during the month were that people are engaged, getting the engaged tone when they dialed in. And to do it, I was actually looking at all the telephone calls and how long they were, and then sort of taking a slice through it for every second, as it were, um, and uh, so that you can actually see if all the lines were engaged or not. So we knew how many lines there were, and we, we could work out whether there were. Um, so that what they were actually after was, you know, a figure at the end of the month, like one hour, 16 minutes and 37 seconds. Um but you process millions of lines of data to actually get to that uh, that uh, solution. So sometimes what you're trying to prove actually returns very little. Um, but it's very important to you know the company that you're doing it for. Um, but the uh, I mean another example is say for instance you've got uh, uh, a list of telephone calls and uh, a list of extensions and maybe a manager next to them and all of these are different columns in your data set. Then you can do very, very quickly do stuff like how many calls did this manager uh, manage? How many calls did all the extensions under this manager manage? And how, uh, you know, how many calls did they have in the month? How, what was the average time that they uh, spent on each phone call? And all those sort of things you could actually get very, very quickly by using a pivot table. And now numbers can do it as well. And I'm not sure numbers works. I, I did do a very quick try before the show started, and it doesn't quite work like Excel, but I don't think it's far off. Um, 
So if you've got lots and lots of data and you like playing with data, pivot tables for the win. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've been exchanging, I exchanged one or two emails with Alison, you know, just saying thanks for that, because I thought she did a really good job of explaining what they were for uh, and, and how to do them. And, and I think she's also said she was doing a um, an article for, um, oh, the name of it's gone out of my head all of a sudden, uh, Don McAllister. Um, Greencast Online. <sighs> Screencast Online, thank you, uh, Simon. Yes, that, she's doing an article for us, which will obviously you'll be able to watch. It'll be a video. So uh, if you're interested in data and data analysis, go and have a look because mm. it's fun. <laughs> now available in numbers. That's the big. That's the big thing. Now available in numbers. That's, um, yes, that's right. And I, I'm not sure, but I think you can do pivot charts as well. So you can do charts off your pivot tables. Which is quite cool, so that when you update your data, when you update your data, you can ju just you refresh the pivot table, and that refreshes the pivot table as well, the pivot chart rather. That's quite Ooh, cool. Very good, very good. Thank you, thank you. And uh, I'll get the link. I'm afraid when you're at, yes, please do. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, when you when you become a bit of a data geek, um, if you speak to anyone who's a data geek, you'll find that they have spreadsheets for sort of managing their home their home expense economics and their uh, listing you know. things and summarizing things and because <laughs> they can't help themselves when they get sucked into the world of data analysis <laughs> I, I know it's not for everybody <laughs> well no but you know if it if a pivot table you know makes it easy then why would you not as it were so yeah thanks for that yeah uh, right um Something else that happened this week. Uh, well, was it this week? No, last week. I can't remember now. Um, Google had their event, and um, I'm guessing you followed that, Steve, for the, the Pixel Dicks. Yeah, I, I watched it on. It was Tuesday, so the day after Apple's oh, right. uh, event. Um, and, uh, even though I, I love Apple products, I actually use Pixel Five as my main device, so I was quite interested to see what they had. And it was it was interesting. But um, one thing I do, did notice is they couldn't handle pre-orders on their website; it kept crashing. <laughs> so definitely nothing like Apple's pre preparedness. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, what a shame! Yeah. So uh, overall, it's like most of these things, though, isn't it, Steve? I mean, the. the, the... With phones these days, it's uh, oh look, this is a bit better than the last phone you bought. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, which is definitely. great. I mean, it's great that they're pushing them on, but but they, literally that is that is what they're saying. You know, oh, yeah. it's a bit better camera, and and it's the same with Apple, really. It's a bit better camera. It's got a more powerful processor in it, and it's got a you know all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing this time is obviously because they got their their own Tensor chip this time, um, so they can do a lot more on device. Um, and so I think it's going to be a lot more for their AI capabilities. So it'll be interesting to see how the cameras compare to uh, the iPhone 13. Um, my wife's actually ordered oh, an iPhone 13, okay. so we're waiting for that to come. So it'll be interesting to see the differences. So you could do a proper comparison. For a while. Yeah. Yeah. Because for a while, Google, I think with the Pixel 3, they were beating everybody with the, the, the camera qualities. But slowly, Apple, I think, has overtaken them now. Ooh. Yes, it's uh, yeah, I find, yeah, the cameras are... It, it, sometimes it just depends what you want, doesn't it? I remember up to my first Android yeah. phone that I bought, I don't think the camera was as good as Apple's, but it was really good in low light. And let's face it, you know, the, when you're taking... Um, snaps of friends and whatever quite often you're in low light 
Yes. So the fact that this thing could cope with low light really well meant that actually I really liked the photos that it took because I could actually see them, whereas apples were a bit dark and, you know, murky at I the think time. The thing is, now we're into the age of computational photography. So yeah. yes. as much as the quality of the camera matters, the quality of the kind of, you know, neural engine or whatever, you know, and signal processing subroutines is as if not more important than the you know the actual camera hardware um yeah very much so and particularly when you're dealing with um varying varying light quality in the photo that you're taking um it's amazing how they can bring up background and <laughs> i find that just mind-boggling the way that they can bring up a picture and and just make it look better <laughs> and you think well how do they do that how do they do that of course, they're all doing think, multi-frame HDR-type computations, aren't they? You know, yeah. They, they're yeah, yeah. Taking, actually taking multiple photos and stacking them on top of each other in a fraction of a second, which is unbelievable, really. When you think about yeah. um, when HDR first started to become a thing, particularly sort of for artists, you would do it in Photoshop by hand. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, I I remember doing some um for a calendar where we would actually take you could do it with a single photograph by messing around with the um you know with the with the exposure and the brightness and the contrast. But ideally, you would do it with a bracketed shot and stack them on top of each other. But you would have to do it you know by hand. And now they're doing it yeah. all the time in a split second. It's incredible. Yeah, I know it's amazing. So um, yeah, I can remember. Uh... I had a friend, um, uh, an ex-colleague, uh, who uh, who left well before uh, the company, well before I did, and he set up a small photography business because it was what he wanted to do. Um, and some of his XDR stuff was just not. Do I mean XDR? HDR. Yeah. Some of his HDR stuff is was was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Some of the photos just it just I I love the way that when they you know they you go to the extreme and and the, everything sort of just pops off the page at you. Uh, yeah. Very, very clever. Very clever. Very, love very those. Clever. I went um at our mug actually. We had a before the pandemic. This was we had a meeting at which I think we had four different local professional photographers talking about their workflows. Um, mm-hmm. And they they did different things. So you know, one was focused sort of on sports photography and action photography, um, and one was sort of a portrait and product shot photographer. And one uh, woman was um, an HDR artist to some extent, in that she would take landscapes and things, and then she showed how she would not only HDR them, but would then use masks and and all sorts of other things on different layers to you know bring out different parts of the photograph it was fascinating i bet um, that was really interesting i would love to have been at that that was yeah that was <laughs> sounds a, fascinating that was a fascinating um fascinating meeting um so the last bit on that um before we go on uh google's tensor chip is slower than apple's a12 bionic um a three-year-old was it three-year-old now a12 um that was on wccf tech um yeah, Tensor fails to be A12 mm. Bionic in single and multi-core tests, which is, um, I'm not sure by how much. Let me have a quick look. Um, I wish we could get away from all these do. figures. I'm not sure yeah, these no, figures mean don't, a lot. Not, they don't mean a huge <laughs> amount. 
Um, no, just to, just even for Apple, even for Apple stuff, I mean, we know it's fast. I don't re really need to know that it's ten percent faster than at this and twenty percent faster at that. And <laughs> I don't care. If it's just faster. That's fine. And uh, I think the I, only difference these days is going to be like the hundred and twenty hertz display. Apart from that, I don't think you're going to notice much of a difference on a day-to-day no, -day use. You're not. No. And um, you know this this article they're kind of saying, "Oh, boo!" You know, not good enough. But this is this is Google's first custom chip, so yes. I, I don't think <laughs> you, you can't expect them to. Yeah. I don't think you should slate them that hard. Um, you know, Apple have been build, building their own custom silicon for years now. Um, it's just, it, it, I'm afraid it's typical of media. Really, it's 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 yeah. got to be Apple against the world, and or yeah. Apple against Google or Amazon or. I don't know why they all have to be against one another, particularly. But uh, I mean, the the fact is, I mean, I've owned owned both Android and Apple stuff, and they both have their benefits. And I, I don't understand why it has to be one or the other. No. <laughs> Not really. Um, yeah. If it works for you, it works for you. Enjoy. Exactly. And for most of us, you're quite right. Steve's right. You know. Wow, the difference between an A12 Bionic and an A15, you know, for most of us, are we really going to see a huge difference? The same as the M M1s, as you said earlier, you can't get much faster than instantaneous. If, if it, you know, <laughs> yeah. as long as you're not getting a whirly wheel every time you click something, then surely that's fast enough. Um, and it's a phone. It's for a phone chip. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to be doing on yeah. it on your phone that you know has to have desktop class performance? But uh, if you're interested in you know the sort of technical chip numbers, I just thought I'd put that in. But yeah, like oh, you, absolutely. I, I'm I sure some people yeah. will find it fascinating. But um, yeah. yes, like you, I, I don't think you people should be pointing at it and kind of laughing or you know saying oh it's disgraceful well it's their first custom chip so they've got you know several years of catching up to do um against apple in, in that sense and i don't mean you know no doubt when they do a 10 to 7 or whatever they'll have learned a whole load of lessons and it will probably be a massive leap forward um it, it gets a little bit frustrating though doesn't it in life because everything has to be versus something yes yeah. it's a little oh, yeah. bit like it's a little bit like anyone brings out an electric car and they say, well, it's not a Tesla, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you think, well, it doesn't have to be a Tesla. <laughs> no, it doesn't have oh, to be dear. a Tesla. Yeah, there we are. Um, so that that was that. Talking, uh, about, talking about cars, talking about cars, we have talked about cars in the past, haven't we? We have, indeed. Um, I don't know whether I'd actually told you I've actually put, I've actually put in an order for an EC4. Oh right, no, you didn't, because you, so you the, were. The, um... Yeah, I eventually decided. I eventually decided I'd take the uh, bite the bullet, and uh, and I have ordered an EC4, oh. which should arrive. I I don't know December time, maybe yeah. January, December not January. Quite sure, I suspect. Yeah, they said eight, they said eight weeks, which would have take at the beginning of December, but I'm sort of hoping it'll be a bit later than that because my current lease doesn't end until the end of January. So um, if it can be January, it would be better. But we'll see. We'll so, yes. see. An oh. elix elixir red one. Oh, right. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, you know. And that's, a, that's a Citroen, is it? The, yeah, that's that the, the Citroen. It's, a, it's Citroen's electric, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. 
I'm quite looking forward to it. it. It's big selling point, apparently, from all the YouTube videos I've watched, is it's comfort. And as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> that's what it's all about. If it's comfortable, it's okay yeah. by me. Yep, yep. It was a very, you know, I test drove it, as we know, and I, like you, I thought it was a very nice car. So um, we shall see. Right. Uh, what else have we got? I'm going to move on now. Um, security and privacy section. Uh, feds reportedly take down top ransomware hacker group are evil with uh, a hack of their own making on the verge. Uh, so that's one where we all get Surely to go. Good. Well done, the feds. Well done, the feds, and um, good for you. Um, that's on the verge. Uh, our evil alleged group behind some Apple leaks said to be no longer operating. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> that's not so good then. <laughs> well, no, it's very good. It means they've been taken down altogether. Um, what do we say here? The only question is, will they come back under another name? Yeah, well, that is true. <laughs> Who that knows? is true. But um, yeah. I'm just looking in here if I see if I could see what it was that they'd done. Um, no, it doesn't. Well, not without reading it in more depth. But uh, there you go. The feds have taken down this group through you, apparently using a hack of their own making. So oh, turned, good on them. turned the tables on them by doing their own nastiness back to them. There we are. Yeah. Um, and um, Ars Technica. I've got um, an article here, Securing Your Digital Life, Part 1, The Basics, um, and Part 2 to follow. Uh, if you're interested in reading that, uh, link in the show notes. Um, first of two parts, we talk security steps everyone should be taking. So, you know, well <laughs> worth a read. I've just had a look. The, f the first heading is, you are not Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Interesting. Yeah, very strange. Um, reduce your personal attack surface and so on. Um, probably a good read. Quite a long oh, that article. That looks interesting. Yep, that would be worth a read. That's quite a long article, I think. Um, and that's about that. Um, I've got some... The technology section is nearly all medical use. Um, pig kidney transplant in human patients successfully tested by US surgeons. Um, the link I've got was provided cool. by Donny because I foolishly didn't bookmark the original uh, that I read. But basically, um, somebody uh, who had suffered from, uh, you know, brain death had donated their body to medical science. So this was transplanted into a life-supported brain-dead um, human body. Um, and the pig kidney had been um, grown in a slightly genetically modified pig um, in order to remove um, a gene which is, causes immediate rejection. And uh, they successfully kept it going for 72 hours. Um, and, That's amazing. Um, the reason it was only 72 hours is apparently the uh, operating theatre they used was required at the end of that time for its normal teaching functions um so that was kind of time limited but uh yeah. they were all very very pleased with the uh with the outcome and uh it's a big step forward for um i believe they call it xeno transplants um that's really important because um, um not having kidneys that don't work properly is pretty life limiting i mean yeah you, yeah very having much so. to trans having to have dialysis um, and um dialysis all the while and yeah if, if they can find a find a way of doing that that's amazing so obviously this is a long way I, I often think oh yeah of course yeah of course but even so um i often find uh, medical discoveries are just always boggle my mind 
Yeah. Um, I, I just think they're amazing. So, um, the, uh, apparently the recipient's abnormal creatine level and indicator of kidney function returned to normal after the transplant and a normal amount of urine was produced. Um, and I, in the other article I read where they talked to the surgeon um, and surgeons involved, they're saying even if um, we can only use pig kidneys for kind of short-term life improvement, so those who are waiting for a human kidney can be taken off dialysis yeah. in, you know, for, say, a couple of years while waiting for a, a human kidney to become available, that will save, you know, a large number of lives. So yeah, that was a um, medical remarkable. piece of remarkable medical news. And um, a breakthrough brain implant lets a blind woman see shapes, which was on BGR. Um, another fascinating um, piece of work. Um, mm. I mean, restoring any level of sight to somebody who is blind is amazing. Um, as it says, if successful brain, brain implants like this could allow blind women and men to identify other people, doorways, cars, and possibly more. Well, these things only ever get better, don't they? So, um, of course, yeah. That's uh, another interesting and fascinating uh, piece of medical history. Um, placing an array on the visual cortex, scientists say they were able to stimulate the neurons around it to create artificial vision for a blind volunteer. Um, and they were able to record the experience using the array as well as a pair of eyeglasses equipped with a miniature video camera. So there we are. That's amazing. Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. Um, what we can achieve when people put their minds to it. Uh, and Indeed. That's, so, yeah, a couple of pieces of good news to um, kind of cheer us up. To finish off the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The worth of chirp this week is um, a tweet which um, was it was retweeted by Storm Gorelli from the Mac and Forth crew. Um, but it says, here is a tip. Uh, that may well save your life, right? If you are lost while hiking, stranded in a broken down car, etc., and know that your phone is low or has no signal, here is a tip which can save your life. Change the voicemail on your phone to a message which gives your approximate location, time, date, situations such as lost, car broken down, injured, etc., and any special instructions such as, I am staying with the car, I am walking towards the nearest town. Uh, the best part of this is if your cell phone stops working, voicemail will still work, so anyone calling your phone looking for you will hear this message and know where you are and how to send help. Gosh, that's a good idea. It's a very good idea, isn't it? Something you might not think of. So, you know, if you get in trouble, change your voicemail to explain what's going on and what you're doing. And that could, uh, you know, allow people to find you quicker and bring help. So um, mm. I think that was originally posted by somebody called Steve Dixon. But um, Storm Gorelli, which is, uh, you know, one of the Mac and Forth crew, retweeted it. And I thought we should put that in as a top tip. For this week, um, and just a snippet is the original iPod prototype was as big, nearly as big as a MacBook, and there's a photograph of it, and it looks like the size <laughs> of a large cake. Um, 
interesting. Yeah, it you know, it's, a, it's an early prototype, obviously not meant to do anything more than that. Um, but yeah, I think they've got a line on here saying something on the line. Idea for, yeah, here we are. A decoration idea for an apple-themed vanilla slab cake, because that is what it looks like, an iced cake. <laughs> but um, And there's a picture of it next to it, you know, in front of a modern MacBook. Um, so it's a big chunky thing about the size of a... I don't know, about the size of a transistor radio or something. Um, hmm. And, oh, look, there's a picture lower down of can... it in, with a with a, an original iPod on the top of it. And the original iPod is about, well, less than a quarter of the you size. Can see, you can see that the basics of the ideas were there, though, that you've got, you know, directions left, up, down, left and right. And, uh, and what looks a little bit like a sort of pointy device of some sort. Yeah, but, or I possibly mean, you, a you can wheel. see. Uh, yeah, or a wheel of some sort. But, uh, but yeah, you can see the ba- where the idea originated from. That's clever. Yep. So there you go. Fascinating little thing. Link to that th- in the show. I think evolution evolution of tech is is actually really interesting to look into where where things started and came from and fascinating. Yes, it can be can be very fascinating indeed. Um, I think I read somewhere. Um, might have been Johnny Ive saying that the original um, iPad, which they started on before the iPhone, um, you know, was like half the size of a table and consisted of a screen and, you know, half a table full of bits in order to get it working. And then you look at what we have now and you think, you know, the work that goes on from concept to completion is amazing and fascinating. Um, Well, that's right, particularly with Apple, because... Well, technology companies generally, because quite often what you what you'll start designing won't be what you end up with, because technology will move on, and as the technology moves on, you shouldn't suddenly think, "Oh, wait a minute, we can use that." Oh, we could use that bit. We could use that that touch. Yeah, you know, technology. We could use that. You know, and so so what you actually started off designing originally might not <laughs> might not be what you end up with at all. Well, a, a friend of mine um, said that when he was, you know, doing his electrical engineering degree, um, which was, you know, a good 20 years or more before the iPad, he said he worked on capacitive touch but Oh, right. They, yes, they, they had capacitive touch surfaces, you know, but yeah, they used a thing the size of a large CRT TV, you know, to make it work. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the piece of glass was capacitive, but the sort of the electronics that went with it were huge in much the same way as we had when we talked about the GPS with uh, David Acklam. You know, and he had his man portable GPS, and it looked like a, you know, <laughs> looked like a um, Royal Marines Bergen. You know, sort of weight yeah. kilos yeah. or something. So there we are. These these things, the history of these things, can be fascinating in its in its own right. You're correct. So there we are. We've run out of things to talk about. So uh, I guess Steve's we'll... just said that macOS Monterey has been released, but uh, I've just checked. My computer's just checked, and it's still saying I'm up to date. Mm-hmm. Let me have a look. Probably getting hammered as well. And, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's probably. I just can't get in the queue. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> and we got uh, iOS fifteen point one is out as well. Yeah, uh-huh. no surprise there, mind you. I'm not likely to see it because I'm already on twelve oh one, so unlikely to show up for me. 
unless I turn off the public beta. Yeah, now my, my, my Mac is still saying it's up to date with yeah, uh, well, Big Sur 11. As we said six, earlier, so. <clears throat> as we said earlier, it will probably give it, give it some time, give it some time, <laughs> wait for it to show up. Don't you know, if you try and do it now, the, you'll be downloading for hours as the as we said, most likely, because the servers will be hammered to hell. Right, so, there we go. Um, we'll wrap it up. So, uh, Steve, do you want to tell people where people can find you and your podcast and the like? Yes, yeah, certainly. You can find me. I've got all the links on my website, which is geekscorner.info, and there you can catch my podcast, and I'm usually on Twitter more than anything. Excellent. And, uh, by the way, uh, hop over to Steve's... Uh, is it? Is it? Well, it was a podcast, wasn't it? The six-minute super cut of the event. Yeah, 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 and that's all linked on our website as well, so you can just play it directly from there if you wanted to. Yeah, it's a, a six-minute super cut of the Unleashed event um, with basically all the key phrases jammed into six minutes, which was excellent, well worth a listen. Um, and if you, you know, if you're the sort of person who'd like to hear the key points without wading through the whole uh, keynote, go listen to that. There we are, uh, Nick. Where can people find you? Occasionally on Twitter. I'm Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. Uh, you can find me in the Slack room, which is open to anybody to join. So do come and join us in the Slack room. The uh, joining details are in the show notes. If you follow and, the link, uh, you'll be taken straight there. No, no, nothing else required. Indeed. It will basically dump you straight into the Slack room. Oh, right. Okay. And you can occasionally catch me over on Bart's show, uh, Let's Talk Apple. And I think... and your church stuff is linked in the show notes. Yeah. It is indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything, as everybody should know listening to this by now, everything is in the show notes. So uh, I, of course, can be found on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, the show is at Essential Apple. The uh, stuff is all over at EssentialApple.com. And that's it for this week. Uh, I shall be recording uh, an episode of Foodie Flashback this week with Patrice. So if you want to find out whatever that turns out to be like, feel free to keep an eye out for that one. And uh, that's about it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everybody who supports us in all the usual ways. Please feel free to write reviews, uh, you know, on the Apple Music thing. And uh, until next week, we'll all say goodbye. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcasts, 
and take a listen. Some people like their live casts to be informative, to the point, provocative and timely. The Mac to the Future live cast is some of those things, but we won't say which ones. Join Dave Ginsberg, Guy Searle, and Warren Sklar for a weekly dose of Apple Fun every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Facebook or in the Mac to the Future Facebook group. Goodbye.